0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Inside The Groove because I've got an amazing guest who I've been after for ages. It's Georgina, a.k.a. The Honest Vocal Coach. Hello.
1: Hello there. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Oh, thank you for saying yes because, um, well, we talk about you at home all the time and my friends talk about you. We just love your videos. Um, But for anyone that doesn't know who The Honest Vocal Coach is... Do you want to explain a bit about what you do?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, Basically, I have a YouTube channel where I uh, critique famous and non-famous singers' voices, breaking down what's good, and what's not because I really like to show the smoke and mirrors that's within the music industry because I work with a lot of young people children and teenagers and I want them to know what it's really like so I kind of delve deep sometimes into the the mishaps but also the really good stuff as well
0: well I'm really interested to speak to you because one of the things we talk about on the podcast all the time is Madonna's voice is very distinctive um and I think you know we all love her voice, which is why we're a fan, but I don't think anyone denies that certainly in those early days, her voice wasn't technically brilliant. Um, it got much more advanced and I'm really keen to, to play you some stuff over the years. And it would be great if you could talk about the performances and also discuss the progression in her voice as well, because it really improved. Um, But I'm going to start by saying you're a big Madonna fan, aren't you?
1: I really am. Uh, Going back to my school days uh, as part of one of my English assignments when I was only, i say, about 15, they said to me, who are you going to do this assignment on? And it had to be Madonna. Who else Mm -hmm. was it going to be? So I did a whole dissertation assignment on her early days uh, and where she was up to at that point. But that was when I was like 15, 16. So I'm a wee bit older now. (laughs)
0: aren't we all (laughs) just a touch older um okay well i'm going to go straight in there with one of her earliest recorded uh vocals and i've got the the sort of dry untreated vocal for you to listen to um i'm 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 used to watching your face um as as you listen to clips and i can see your face but nobody that's listened to this can so feel free to talk over it or, or just well we'll just play it um it's about 15 seconds of each song, and, and let us know what you think.
1: Okay. You
2: may be my lucky star, but I'm the luckiest by far. You may be my lucky star, but I'm the luckiest by far. Starlight, star right, first star I see tonight. Starlight, Make everything alright, starlight, Starlight First star I see tonight, starlight.
0: There we go, lucky it's star. So
1: exciting! It's it's like ah, oh, it's like how did you get these? This is so <laughs> exciting. Top secret oh. magic.
0: <laughs> I'll let you in on the secret one day. It's amazing to hear. She sounds so raw, doesn't she?
1: She does. And in the the first part of that clip, it's very gaspy. It's almost like she's not that confident with her own voice. She's she's confident in herself, but vocally, it doesn't seem to have that confidence there. And she's gasping and there's a few snatches of breath. And it's a little bit pitchy for me on that first section. Mm -hmm. But when she goes slightly higher into the high belt, it's like, ooh, okay. she's mm-hmm. got some attitude uh and there's definitely more tonal quality in that but it's very raw she's so young at that point and there's almost for me an element of cindy loper uh, and i know she's been uh compared to her before but the way that cindy Lauper sang at that time was that high kind of belting almost britney baby voice style and madonna's mm. definitely using that here
0: It's fascinating to hear you talk about it like that, because, uh, you know, I I agree with you, it's a bit pitchy in place, but she really, she really sells the emotion, doesn't she?
1: She really does. She just goes for it. And I think (laughs) that that's one of the the best things about her is uh, even when she knew she wasn't the best singer in the world, she was like, my confidence will just sell it. If I go for it 100 percent, then, you know, hopefully everything will come together. (laughs)
0: well talking of confidence I'm going to go to another clip now we're moving on to 1984 this one's Like a Virgin which I'm sure everybody knows and she probably is a bit more confident at this point she's had a few hits and she knows this is going to be a a big song but let me play this one to you
2: I made it through the wilderness somehow I made it through didn't know how lost I was until I found you I was beat incomplete I'd been had I was sad and blue but you made me feel yeah you made me feel shiny and new wow like a virgin touched for the very first time
0: there we go. What do you think of that one?
1: Oh, her control is a lot better than that first one. You can hear the difference. But she is using a high larynx. You basically lift it up a little bit and you have that <laughs> like a vending. You've got that higher kind of element to it. But if you listen, she's got a really good vibrato there. The transition through the notes is very smooth compared to the first one where the control wasn't there as much. So she's really started to know her voice that little bit more. And in her early career, she did use that higher tone sound. Mm-hmm. It was only a bit later on did she think, I don't think I'm going you know, to keep this up forever. I think maybe <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. going to have to come down a little bit and use, because I don't think that's natural for her. I think mm-hmm. that's almost put on a little bit for the actual music itself. So later in her career, uh, I think her voice definitely mellowed and she sings in more of a, a comfortable get like a um, comfortable register for her
0: well it's interesting you say that because Nile rogers who was the producer on that wrote about the vocals for that song a material goal in his autobiography and he said that um because both those songs are cover versions and madonna insisted on singing them in the original key and he was like no we'll transpose them we'll bring them down she's like no and she learned and he said it took forever Um, And it sounded pretty ugly for a while, but she she insisted on doing that. So maybe that was why she sang it that way, because that was the only way that she could reach that height.
1: Yeah, because naturally her voice isn't that high. Um, I think, well, obviously it is, but I mean, that's not the most comfortable place for her. Uh, Her voice is warmer than that. It's got more more depth. Um, And in those early singles, I think it was more about fitting in with the music rather than the music fitting around her voice.
0: Well, I'm going to play you the next song now. And there's a bit of a story about this one that you probably won't know. Uh, This is Live to Tell um, from 1985, 86. Um, Madonna recorded this This is the first time she sang the song And they never recorded it again Because she was just demoing it And she thought somebody else was going to sing it um, Because it was a lot lower than her normal voice And then everybody turned around and said What do you want about this? This is such a brilliant song And I'm going to play you the section uh, My favourite part of this song This is after we've had that sort of long break And then she comes back with this vocal Have a listen to this
2: If I ran away I'd never have the strength to go very far and how would they hear The beating of my heart Will it grow cold The secret that I hide Will I grow old How will they hear When will they learn How will
1: they know oh it's so wonderful that depth that she has there she's relaxed the Josh. The larynx is no longer high there's such a warmth and the the absolute emotion in that is fantastic i think this is one of my favorite eras of her you know this one it used to be my playground that's another one
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that oh you just believe every word
0: it's amazing that, um, you know, Madonna's not always been the most popular actor because she can really sell the song when she's singing it, can't she?
1: She really can. Because, uh, yeah, she's probably not the strongest actress in the world ever. <laughs> but when it comes to music, she she wears a heart on a sleeve and she really knows how to sell the lyrics.
0: Um, it's really interesting you said um, about earlier about her vibrato because in that song there wasn't a great deal of vibrato. How important is it as a singer to produce vibrato, naturally produce it?
1: Um, it really depends on the style of music that, that you want to working Um, and for pop it's not as necessary really but Mm -hmm. if you're doing a beautiful ballad and you want something that's heartfelt that's when you're going to need it that little bit more and vibrato doesn't develop straight away when you start singing it's something that comes with age and maturity so it tends to go you know further along in a singer's career because you won't really notice it that much in the early songs that she's done but you Mm -hmm. will notice it more as she ages and it's Because vibrato doesn't happen when things are tight and tense. You've got to be super relaxed, super comfortable with your own skin and the way that your instrument's working. And in the early days of any artist, Mm. you haven't really got all that. So it tends to come out later on. So I think it depends what genre it is as to how important it is.
0: And how important is the atmosphere when you're singing, Um, you know, lights off or in in a quiet room, obviously a quiet room, but does that make a big difference, do you think?
1: Oh, I think it does. I've actually worked with artists before who have to be in the booth and it's got to be black, no light on whatsoever. I've even known a guy who likes to stand naked in there <laughs> so he feels completely free and there's nothing holding him back so he can just, you know, sell the song as best he possibly can um some artists like to have one ear of the headphones on and one mm-hmm. off so they can hear the real sound others like both ears so it does differ from person to person uh, but dim light is always the best way to go about it because you can <laughs> get lost in your own head that way uh, if it's too bright and there's too much going on you can't really get inside the song.
0: So I'm going to play you a song from the same era, but it's a very different vocal delivery now. Uh, This is Open Your Heart.
2: I've had to work much harder than this For something I want, don't try to resist me Open your heart to me
1: This is interesting because she's got the vibrato there, mm-hmm. but it's almost forced in places. So you can actually hear distortion coming through mm-hmm. on certain notes. Um, and it, if I'm really honest, it doesn't sound that comfortable to sing. It's no. like she is overforcing it a little bit. Uh, but I think the song required that. It needed that feisty edge. Uh, and I, it's nice to hear that distortion starting to come through because distortion is not the easiest thing to do correctly uh, without hurting yourself but she obviously has done it correctly because she's still singing now well (laughs) not so much now but you know
0: well these days um we're a bit more used to female vocalists having a bit of variety but back then I can remember people were very critical of her voice because it wasn't beautiful and basically she's singing like a man if a man sings that way they don't get you know, criticize at all, but when a woman does it, somehow that's wrong. I mean, would you would you agree that it's kind of manly? Not manly, you know what I'm saying? Deliberate. Yeah,
1: no, I do think that it does have that um, sort of attitude of a, a male vocal because mm. she is using distortion, uh, and it it took a while for females to start singing with distortion, and she mm. was definitely one of the earliest singers to do that. Uh, men did it all the time, but women didn't want to damage the voices, <laughs> so they didn't really. know how to do it healthily um and she was one of the front runners of that like actually you can go over the top and have distortion and rasp in your voice healthily i mean if Mm. you look at the industry now miley cyrus sells her career on that raspy sort of almost manly feisty edge that she's got
0: yeah yeah that's very true um I'm going to move on to uh, a couple of years now to another song Vogue which I'm sure you know very well and Yay! I was fascinated <laughs> I was fascinated when I heard this vocal uh, raw for the first time because I just think of it as a really great dance song and I didn't really think much about Madonna's performance but it's when you listen to it it's a very clever uh, vocal performance let me play it to you
2: Look around everywhere you turn is heartache it's everywhere that you go You try everything you can to escape the pain of life that you know. When all else fails and you long to be something better than you are today. I know a place where you can get away. It's called a dance floor and here's what it's for. So come on, vote.
0: There's a lot going on there, isn't there? There is
1: a lot going on, and she is using the hired larynx for some of the higher Mm -hmm. portions of the song. There's sort of a mixture of the new Madonna sound and the old Madonna sound. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the transitions are going to be much more difficult to do to engage that sort of high larynx sound from Mm -hmm. the depth that she's got. Uh, It's really fascinating listening to it isolated like that because mm-hmm. i'm so used to hearing the full song and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of mind blowing cuz it it sounds so similar to the actual main thing mm-hmm. which i'm loving cuz a lot of time now in the industry the vocals are adapted that much and fiddled with to a point where mm-hmm. it doesn't sound that much like the original raw vocal but mm-hmm. this really does it sounds just like the one that was on the single
0: Yeah. I think, I think maybe it was double tracked as well on the single, which obviously is something that a lot of people do to to sort of give a thicker quality to the voice. And they, you know, they did even put effects back on there. But in that early bit, she's sort of, I don't know how you would explain it. It's, it sounds like a lot of tension that had been in her throat during those earlier recordings has gone
1: yes yeah very much so it's only when she goes to the higher notes that you can hear that there's a bit of tension still there and she's you can see you can hear obviously that those high notes she's just not that comfortable singing up there so i think the early music was very much she sang for the music she wanted but as she knew herself more in her own voice the music then started to slot around her ability better
0: So I'm going to move on now through the 90s. Now, I've got one song here, uh, Deeper and Deeper. Madonna famously, and we've discussed this on the podcast, when she recorded the Erotica album, she wanted it to have quite an underground feel, and they actually recorded a lot of the vocals um, with her, uh, not in the booth, but sort of in in the sound room, with a handheld mic. Um so you can actually hear some of the music in the background and stuff and it's not the best vocal performance at all but it you know it, it's obviously given her some um some hits so let me play you um deeper and deeper
2: Daddy couldn't be all wrong and my mama made me learn this song that's why I can't help falling in love I fall deeper and deeper the further I go Kisses said from heaven above, they get sweeter and sweeter the more
1: that I know. It sounds like she's struggling with the breath in certain places, there. Like she's belting it out that much, she's not necessarily taking enough breath in for mm. each phrase. And it's very much blasting at the beginning of the phrase and running out a little bit at the end. Almost like she sat down when she's doing it. Um, Interesting. And it's, It's weird because that album is the one I've listened to the most. Um, That Mm -hmm. was when I sort of had my first relationship and I used (laughs) to play that album on repeat for for months and months, even a year, I think. So it's crazy listening to it isolated. It really is.
0: Mm. It's interesting when she sings. She has a kind of, um, I don't know how you would describe it like a like a hiccup uh, 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 sometimes when she attacks a word and that's that's very specific to madonna isn't it
1: it is it's actually called glottal attack it means that she's pushing too much from the larynx <laughs> so she's creating that uh, a kind of jump sound mm-hmm. and health wise it's not that good because think mm-hmm. about a door slamming and slamming and slamming eventually it's going to get dried out a little bit sore um, mm-hmm. ideally you want to have a nice balance of breath so you're not always pushing but she's kind of made it part of her style to do that So, I think there's often times when she's probably lost her voice a little bit and had to Mm. uh, take a bit of time off and, you know, re sort of moisturise and drink plenty to (laughs) to get her health back.
0: (laughs) Moving on uh, a couple of years now, I'm going to play you uh, the vocal for Secret. Again, it's a real change in her vocal uh, style. Let's listen to this one.
2: Happiness lies in your own hand It took me much too long To understand how it could be Until you shared your secret with me Something's coming over. Hmm. Something's
1: coming over. Hmm.
0: Definitely a lot more free again in the voice. Yeah, compared
1: to the last one, it's definitely freer, and I think the pitch is much better too. That that the last one, it was quite pitchy, whereas this one, uh the skill was definitely stronger.
0: Um I want to talk about the vibrato again because um we talked about the you know how people develop it but it's also a sign of of breathing well am i right in saying that
1: It is yes um, think of vibrato as being something where everything has to be relaxed. There can't be any tension anywhere, or that vibrato is not going to come out comfortably. Uh, you have to be in a really nice, uh, everything's working kind of happy place state. <laughs> uh, and the the previous clip, she was over pushing, so you're mm-hmm. not going to notice the vibrato as much. And if you do notice it, it's definitely forced. Whereas in this one, the breath control is much better, and she's really thinking about supporting that sound rather than just pushing it all from the throat so in 1995
0: 1996 Madonna had some extensive vocal training with uh Joan Lader who worked with all the Broadway artists etc and it completely transformed her voice obviously allowed her to perform Evita fantastically so we're going to skip ahead to a track off the Ray of Light album now um Frozen and you, you know the the difference is remarkable let me just play you a bit of Frozen
2: Love is a bird, she needs to fly. Let all the hurt inside of you die. You're frozen when your heart's
1: not open. The difference is massive. She's not pushing from her throat anymore, she's supporting it. If
2: I could melt your heart. Mm-hmm we'd never be
1: apart
0: i mean it's really um again freer still isn't it
1: yeah the diction is clearer you has got definite more pronunciation there uh the vibrato is definitely freer there's less push uh and there's more it sounds more natural because in mm-hmm. i think throughout all of the clips we've listened to, there are certain elements where it's forced for a style choice, whereas in this case, this is me, this is how I sound.
0: Mm. Madonna said that um, during the training with Joan, she discovered a whole area of her voice that she hadn't been using before. Does that make sense to you as a singer? Yes,
1: it really does, yeah. I mean, I've thought about changing my name to a voice finder rather than just a (laughs) vocal coach because so many people don't realise all that they've got Uh, because the majority of songs pop songs sit in a certain part of the keyboard in the you know in the scales Mm -hmm. so they don't necessarily use all the parts so exploring with a vocal coach can be so valuable
0: so the song ray of light itself um she goes into now it's not falsetto because women don't have a falsetto is it upper pharyngeal am i using the right phrase where she sort of goes very high
1: Yeah, um, for females, it's often referred to as whistle register. Um, Mm -hmm. Falsetto is more about when the vocal folds are open, so it can be female as well as male, but predominantly people relate it to male voices. But yeah, she's learnt to be able to sing those high notes, but with quality, rather Mm -hmm. than just being all breathy. She's (laughs) learnt to get the vocal folds in such a position so she can really get some strength out.
0: I've got a couple more clips uh, to play you. So um, one of the um, observations of Madonna after Ray of Light is that her voice was never quite the same again. It was never um, as stretched sounding as it was in the 80s, but never quite that free sounding of of the Ray of Light. So let me play you the, the song American Life and you'll hear what I mean.
2: I tried to stay ahead. I tried to stay on top. I tried to play the part, but somehow I forgot just what I did it for and why I wanted more. This type of modern life, is it for me?
0: So it still sounds great. It's got that vibrato. Um, kind of missing an edge, maybe. I don't know if I'm wrong to say that.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, the voice is fine, but I don't hear that same like Madonna feisty attack that you do in the mm-hmm. early stuff.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? And there's, there's some editing that's been done on that. And I wanted to play you some more of her more recent stuff. And Madonna still, you know, sings live in a certain way, but a lot of the voice vocals that she does now um, have tune on them. As with everybody, it's not yes. unique to Madonna. I mean, what are your thoughts on tune? And, you know, it, it can certainly save time in the studio.
1: Um... Now, auto-tune can be really useful to create a particular sound. So if you want it to, you know, it's used a lot in uh, certain Spanish music. You know, um, Cher's Believe was one of the first to Mm -hmm. use vocoder and actually make a thing out of it as part of the song. Um, It's valuable for singers learning as well to be able to look at their own voice and go, okay, not quite in tune there. (laughs) Um, But I don't like the blanket auto-tune when it just goes on the entire song. They just set it so it automatically corrects the voice because it Mm -hmm. doesn't sound natural. I think if you're going to do it in the studio, there's a software called Melodyne that I often use with Mm -hmm. singers. And you can see what the notes are. You can see how far away you are you are and you can just mm. tweak it a little down to a syllable rather mm. than just a blanket throw it all over everything because you don't feel it's not a real sound anymore it sounds too artificial and one thing people don't realize about autotune is if you sing one note if you want to change that note you can't really go any further than one or two notes without mm. it sounding robotic and too far too just stretched and that's done a lot when people aren't <laughs> you know when the people are not that strong a singer uh and they can't necessarily hit the right notes you'll notice those moments more especially now uh in the industry as it is
0: do you listen to music on the radio sometimes and and uh... Even though it's not intentional, you can think you think to yourself, "Yeah, there's auto tune all over that.
1: Oh yeah, uh, it tends to be when people riff, when you can mm-hmm. hear that note snap into the next one, and you <laughs> think, "No, d- no, d- no, that's a real person." Sometimes the flaws really make the performance. I mean, Mm -hmm. a a great story is Karen Carpenter. She does uh, this little crackle in the beginning of Close to You, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And she actually practiced to get it wrong because it had such an emotional quality to it, almost like she was crying at that moment. And it was a mistake, but it was a fabulous mistake. (laughs) And why take away some of the realness and make it all absolutely perfect? Because it becomes boring
0: okay I've got one more clip to play for you um, and this is a song called Masterpiece Um, and I love this vocal uh, I think um, we do hear Madonna go into that upper range here um, and oh it's just beautiful let me just play it to you now
2: it seems to me that's what you are a rare and priceless work of art you stay behind you velvet Rope, but I will not renounce all hope. And I'm right by your side, like a thief in the night. I stand in front of the masterpiece, and I can't tell you why it hurts so much to be in love with a
1: masterpiece. It's really lovely. Ah... Oh. <laughs> it's really I listen lovely to the,
0: Listen to that i think there might be a little bit of retuning in places there it i just... was
1: just gonna say that i think that's the one for me out of all of the clips where i really think that the, the tonal quality changed a little bit and some of yeah. the higher notes almost like it's been thinned out because you can do that if there's too much waver on a vibrato you can smooth it so it mm-hmm. doesn't have so much waver to it and i kind of noticed that on that um, mm-hmm. but she's using a bit more mix Um, mixes sort of between chest and head voice and it's blending the two and she's sort of in that position and there's no farce like in her early career where Mm -hmm. you can obviously tell she's squeezing the heck out of a chest voice (laughs) to get those high notes where in this it's so natural so comfortable and it's really enjoyable to listen to
0: listen it's been so fantastic to speak to you and and get an explanation of what she's doing Um, if people want to find you to follow you or to watch your videos let me know how they can do that.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, best place to start is the Honest Vocal Coach YouTube. I have regular videos covering many artists on what's good and not good about their voices. <laughs> I like to look at the smoke and mirrors, like we just have in this interview, uh, to show young singers coming up to realize that everything's not quite what it seems. So yeah, definitely start on the YouTube. I also have Twitter, Instagram. I've got a new TikTok that's now building quite nicely. Um, but YouTube I would say start there
0: Georgina thank you so much for taking time to do this Um, and yep we'll be following you online from now onwards cheers
1: awesome take care of yourself thank you for having me
0: Wow, that was so good to speak to the Honest Vocal Coach. As someone who's not a singer myself, at least that's what my neighbours say, it's really great to be able to chat with somebody who can explain the technique behind what Madonna's doing, because I think we're all very well aware of how much her voice developed over the years. And it's just wonderful to hear those raw, dry vocals once more. If you want to hear more from Georgina, well, obviously you can follow her. But if you're a patron of this podcast, you'll get to hear a conversation i had with her about madonna's live vocals and she gives a really interesting insight about the difference between madonna's performance when she's in the studio and when she's on stage so head to patreon.podbean.com forward slash inside the groove to become a patron and hear that extra content The next episode is yet another interview. It's a really good one. It's with Kavana. Some of you may be aware of his songs, uh, his hits in the late 90s. Um, He's an industry professional who has got quite an insight on Madonna and has some experience dealing with her. It's a really fantastic, fascinating story and I can't wait to share that with you. Following that, we do a couple of regular episodes, this time deep diving into Secret, Madonna's song from 1994. And for the anniversary of Inside the Groove, one year of podcasting, I'm going to go back to the very, very beginning and share with you the story behind her very first single, Everybody. In the meantime, be good, stay safe.